Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. My dad works in B2B marketing. He came by my school for career day and said he was a big ROAS man. Then he told everyone how much he loved calculating his return on ad spend. My friends still laugh at me to this day. Not everyone gets B2B, but with LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people who do. Get $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're listening to Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, the show that takes a look at film, media, technology, very intense film premieres, because in the end, everything is an ad. Hello, I am Shannon Miller, the creative and inclusion editor here at Adweek. Joining me, as always, is my fantastic co-host, community editor, Luz Corona. Luz, how are you doing on this fine Friday? Hello, darling. Um, good. I had to, I had to start it off with that. Um, great. You know, um, it seems like the rounds of COVID are making their way around again, but it's really nice and it's going to be fall soon. So we got to look at the highs and lows. <laughs> That's great. Super stoked that COVID's still around and that's still a thing. So, um, yeah, I'm glad that we are all as healthy as we possibly can be. Um, on this call. And, you know, it's not stopping huge gatherings from happening, including, as we mentioned, very intense film premieres in Venice. Um, Yeah, so everyone's talking about the Don't Worry Darling uh, drama that's happening. I thought that we could possibly avoid it. Not that it hasn't been a little fun. Um, But, you know, this job has really changed my perspective on um, celebrity drama, um, just because before I used to really keep myself separate from it. Um, then when it became a part of my job, it was kind of really, it was kind of difficult to really escape it. And there came a point where I realized that like celebrity drama can be super, super fun. I am not above it. <laughs> However, at some point it becomes somebody's job, right. <laughs> whether you are covering it, whether you're cleaning it up. At some point, it is now someone's job, and it's now basically another slip on someone's desk. So what we want to talk about today is what happens when the circus or surrounding drama becomes bigger than the product. And joining us to dig a little bit into that is the founder of 3PR, Rachel Gilman Rachel. Hello, Rachel. Hello. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. So my first question to you, and this could be pretty hefty, is (laughs) considering how long that this has been drawn out (laughs) now, when did you first realize throughout all of this, oh, we may have a PR problem. Oh, this is a really big topic to unpack, and I'm excited to go there with you guys. But I did a little research (laughs) just to get ready for this, and I'm an entertainment junkie. I was subscribing to Entertainment Weekly for almost 20 years, um, RIP print edition. So I really love to know Mm. what's happening from a pop culture perspective. And I saw the alert about the Shia LaBeouf, if I'm saying it pronounced or pronouncing it correctly, Olivia Wilde, who fired who debacle come up. And I thought, this feels fraught. I mean, there have been other things along the way. Obviously, it's been a highly publicized journey 
from filming to screen, but that adds a new wrinkle to it. So here's a stat that I found for you guys. Starting in September 2020 until now, there have been 46,000 articles written about Don't Worry Darling, and more than 30% of those articles came out in the last week. So we are talking more than 14,500 articles about Don't Worry Darling since September 2nd. Wow. (laughs) So you can tell that we're not just interested. The entire world is interested in what's going on. But I do think that things really took a turn for the more complex and difficult and far more complicated once Shia entered the picture and then things spun out from there. Well, first of all, Shout out to the entertainment journalists for really burning the midnight oil on this one. Good God. What was that figure? You say, okay, so what was the initial? 46,000. This is courtesy of Muckrack. I love Muckrack. 46,000 articles came up with the search term, Don't Worry Darling, from September 2020 to now. So that's a long two year stretch, but I just narrowed the search terms to the past week and I got more than 14,500 articles about Don't Worry Darling. So it's not just burning the midnight oil, it's an actual bonfire. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> One of them was was from Adweek Voice, I will say that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We're part of yeah. the problem. <laughs> we are part of the drama. <laughs> um, that is crazy. And thank you, Rachel, for bringing that stat forward because here I was worried, um, like, you know, obviously Shannon and I are hyped about the topic and how can we bring our angle into it. And then I was like, oh, is this like being over-talked about? It's not it is, it is but it's still going strong so <laughs> um just this this week alone which i thought was really interesting and it was actually one of your points um too when we spoke to you earlier um in our voice piece from this week we had charlene Coughlin from president of twist creative she wrote a take on it also touching on the press angle um and just the implications of all this press you know is all press good press in this case it's not um but really just the component of implications on Olivia Wilde and Florence's careers and just kind of like the the woman career aspect and just the toll it could take and just the, you know, the mark on their reputation. So I would love to hear more from you on that as well. You know, what is the disparity here? Like, are, are these females being judged unfairly? I would say yes. I actually think this is a really powerful topic to go into. So I don't think anybody's emerging completely unscathed from this. It kind of feels like a very petty, dysfunctional family fight that's playing out on a very public stage. But in the case of Olivia and Florence, you have two women who, to me, are suffering from a lost opportunity. I mean, Olivia crushed it with Booksmart. I thought that was a fabulous film. She was a director to watch. This is her sophomore debut. It should have been, I think, a really amazing moment for her to step out as a more seasoned director and present her work. And then for Florence, who's gotten so many rave reviews, this is a big, juicy, starring role. And what is everybody talking about right now? They're talking about a cat fight. They're talking about a junior high dynamic where these women won't make eye contact or they won't stand next to each other. And it it just feels unfortunate that instead of a time to really honor and celebrate what they've made, people are concerned about how many feet away they're standing from each other or if they're willing to look the other person in the eye. So it just pains me that, I again, I think it's a very big lost opportunity for them. And what is also concerning is what's the long-term game of this? So right now, everybody's very into the nuances. Did somebody get spit on? Did somebody intentionally not come to this premiere? I mean, it's it's very, very um, 
sophomoric right now in terms of people like playing around with the details of what's unfolding at the film festival. But what I wonder is when Olivia goes to make another film, when Florence goes to have another role, is this always going to be part of the questions they're asked about? Will this always hang over their head and be a residue? I mean, you don't want Don't Worry Darling to follow you for the rest of your career in terms of gossip and negative impact. Do you know what I mean? And that's that's what that's my worry about Don't Worry Darling is the hangover of this. There's definitely a potential ripple effect that could happen from this. And it's something that is very, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It is something that is very intrinsic to being um, a marginalized person in this community, especially if you are a mm-hmm. woman, because you don't, the margin of error is so, so thin for um, women and especially like women of color. And so when you have something like this that is blown up into this huge, huge mess, uh, yeah, there is a huge potential that this could could follow them, either in a, in a beneficial way or in a not so great way. And in, in Olivia's case, you know, her being a director, there's a chance that a lot of this is going to overshadow, like you mentioned, any further project, which is really unfair. At the same time, there have definitely been these like separate occurrences that probably didn't make things better, um, <laughs> including the now infamous leaked video that definitely comes against the original narrative that she set of her firing Shia LaBeouf. And since, since then, she has doubled down on saying like he's been fired or at least he's been replaced. Mm-hmm. That was like the final word on that. From your perspective, would you have recommended that she stuck to that narrative even after the video was released? I just saw that story too as I was scrolling the news this morning for the latest. I mean, it's it's an unending news cycle. It's hard to say without totally being in the weeds and being able to almost like litigate it from the inside of what transpired, what's the chronology, what's the timeline, who has the receipts to back it up. But I have a theory in general that I call the big and, where two competing things can be true at the same time and there's room for both of them. So what I attach the big and to in this instance is I think Olivia may have misstepped in a couple ways leading up to the premiere, right? There's certainly things that perhaps right. she would reflect on and say, I might have done differently. And and I don't know. I'm not in her shoes. It's complicated. But she could have misstepped. Mm-hmm. And what could also be true is that the cast could have come together and her and Florence could have decided we might have beef. We might have unresolved issues. A lot of uncomfortable things might have happened. Let's unify anyways. Let's control the narrative. And let's put on a really strong front where we are a team. And we're going to go out there. And we're going to promote the shit out of this movie. And we're going to own it. And we're going to be this power female duo who's so proud of everything that went into this. And then we can go do our couples counseling separately and work through this so that we have a functional relationship in the future. And that's, to me, what I wish had happened. Like, Whatever she may or may not have done wrong, and certainly some things seem a little, you know, fishy, I still wish and think there's a chance for them to take control of this narrative and stop having it feel junior high and instead be like, we are bigger than this. We are proud of what we did. We're collaborators. Let's celebrate each other and let's make this movie shine. I really enjoy the idea of them being like going to a couples counseling <laughs> together after all this. Don't I we really all need couples it. counseling? Yes. <laughs> to be a fly in that wall. <laughs> Like, I, I don't know about you, Luz, but like, there's so often, and I'm now I'm bringing it back to like my nerdy <laughs> roots. Every time I like watch a story or read a comic book where there are two women pitted against each other 
And sometimes it's for great reason. But when you get through the story and you get through like the entire context, it's also it's always like, actually, you two would make a formidable team if you just put all this bullshit behind you and, you know, fought, you know, the weird men that are around you. Like it, there's always like this opportunity, I think, for these two opposing forces to come together for the bigger picture, like you mentioned. So, yeah, I, I love this. I really love this idea of just like, okay, we don't see it for each other. That's fine. But I'm going to hug you on this carpet and go from there. Now, obviously, there's could be other factors in there in terms of like why Florence may have felt uncomfortable if that was the thing. Because, you know, obviously, there's a huge history that Shia comes with. And, you know, some things may be unforgivable. And uh, I, I wonder, like, from your perspective, like, how do you work around that? Like, what happens when the rift is too big or it's just not reparable? It's an excellent question. And and I don't want to diminish by any means somebody's emotional well-being, physical safety, all of the things that probably happen behind the scenes. And that's why it's it's hard to yeah. sit here and be like an armchair therapist about the whole thing and say they should do this or this or this. So I'm just giving my outside perspective to the best of my ability. It sounds like something yep. went down. Absolutely. And there's some really bruised feelings and they're probably completely valid. That being said, I still wonder if it would have been possible to just decide as professional actors and professionals in general that this could be dealt with a little bit more behind the scenes and those things could be sent, said, fences could hopefully be mended, or even if there is not a perfect resolution, it could at least be addressed. I think the way it's come out in bits and pieces and like all of these leaks and sources, unnamed sources, tax video, like yeah. just everybody looks worse, right? Nobody. And then there's ranking mm-hmm. lists actually of who's coming out best to worst. So it's really devolved into who's gotten the worst of this entire process. That being said, I did spend a little time thinking about it and I decided that Harry is still the darling. He will be the least impacted by this and box office Bafo or dud, he will be, I have to say it, as it was. (laughs) (laughs) Still selling out shows at Madison Square Garden. Yes, this is his side hustle. He is no matter what, a global music star. Whatever happens with this movie, I do think his star will still shine brightly. I don't know what will happen with his relationship with Olivia. I don't know about the future of his acting career. It didn't seem like the reviews were quite in his favor as a performer in the movie. But in terms of the shit show that surrounded this cluster of a movie, I think he's somebody who can walk away and not have to worry as much about it, where I do feel some concern for the women and how they'll have to navigate future questions and if the word diva will be thrown around unfairly. I mean... I want them to be the talents they are and not have to deal with these potential repercussions in the future. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. 
We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash generate to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash generate. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Absolutely. And it's it's interesting. Like, you're so right. I think Harry Styles is just going to be like, whatever. Um, you know, not whatever, but oh, yeah, yeah he'll, be, he'll fine. be fine. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of your earlier point about controlling the narrative. Um, so Olivia Wilde has in the past day came out, you know, Vanity Fair published a cover story addressing the baseless rumors and straight from Olivia's mouth, you know, and even it seems like updating it to post festival. Um, and in it, she she addresses a lot and owning the narrative as you suggested earlier however we have not heard anything still from the other party that's under scrutiny which is Florence in this case so from a press perspective from like a PR fiasco when you have one of the two parties in the spotlight voicing the truth or, or clarifying or not even the truth but just addressing it and telling a narrative but the other is radio silent you know how is that handled is that something that should have been discussed behind the scenes um where both publicists you know for both parties address it or is this looking bad the fact that one of the parties is silent still i i agree with you i do think it feels imbalanced I quickly glanced at the Vanity Fair story, so I'd want to dive into more detail. But one thing I feel like hasn't happened, which might behoove Olivia, is to take a small amount of responsibility. I'm not saying she has to be like, I have egg all over my face. I really screwed up. But in doubling down, it doesn't leave a lot of room for grace and evolution throughout the process. I think it would be nice to potentially say, and again, not knowing all the details, I maybe could have handled this better, or there might have been opportunities where I would have done something differently in the rearview mirror. I made the best decision I could with the information I had at that moment, but that being said, I might now handle things differently, and for that, I apologize. I mean, I think there's a way to stick to your guns to an extent, but also allow that you're only human, and maybe you misstepped, and maybe some feelings were hurt, and you might have done things a little bit differently with the perspective you have now. So... The silence from Florence is a little concerning because it does look really imbalanced right now in terms of the public-facing communication. Do I think it'd be nice if she could put out a statement that doesn't say much but says something? Sure. I mean, I think she could be delicate in how she addresses it, and she could turn the spotlight onto the film. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, while filmmaking is always a journey and it can be a complicated process with creative personalities involved... I'm really proud of the final product. This is a role I really threw myself into. I committed so much of myself to doing it. I'm proud of the outcome and I hope people go to see it. I mean, at the end of the day, she wants people to see this. You know, this is a launching pad for her. It's a really big public profile moment for her. I think supporting the film, despite what's led up to it, is still something that could be really beneficial to her personally in the long run, as well as all the parties involved. I mean, we are laser focused on a very select group of people, but think of the hundreds of other people who are involved in this project too, a lot of stakeholders, and they want to see this film succeed. I like the idea of like her potentially coming in and like you said, sort of delivering this, like a delicate statement, just something, just saying like, hey, I recognize what's yes. going on and and, you know, I really want to see this project that I've worked very hard on um, do well. Um, I, I, as a person who admittedly chuckled when I saw the the Miss Flo shirts from her glam team. <laughs> I'm was, sorry, it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. It's, there's, there's a part of me that really was like, oh, 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 this is 
only going to really cement some things. But also, it's like, okay, she she deserves to have some support here. So it's, it's good to see that she has a support system, at least. Um, so there's, I, I say all that to say, is... Is there no turning back at this point for for her now that we've obviously drawn some sort of line in the sand with with kind of the other antics? You know what? Maybe I'm an eternal optimist, but I don't think it's ever too late to change the storyline a little bit and come around and mm. present a fresh angle. So even if clearly Miss Flo and Olivia are having this public <laughs> battle, which has reached the layer of their stylists having, you know, custom t-shirts. I mean, it, it's creative in the way that the jabs are taking place. I still think if yes. Katy Perry and Taylor Swift could make up, they can make up too. Do you know what I mean? There's always an olive branch, sometimes a You're literal right. one. Yes. And and even Taylor and Kanye had a short-lived coming back together and sorting it out. So I don't think feuds have to be unending. And I actually think what could be incredibly amazing and potent is if they decided to put their heads together and come out with a really cool public display of alignment. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe Olivia wears a shirt that says Miss Flo and then maybe Florence wears a shirt that says something snappy about Olivia and they have their arms around each other. And the idea is we got past it. We're on the other side. This movie kicks ass. I might direct Florence in the future. Florence might become a director in the future and turn to me for advice. Careers are hopefully very long, and Hollywood is an incestuous, complicated, overlapping place. So I think burn bridges benefit nobody, but there absolutely could be a new plot twist in their story. And I would encourage them to pursue that plot twist and try to find a way to tell a story that's more beneficial to them. Because in the long haul, I'm worried that this is death by a thousand paper cuts, and nobody's really coming out so healthy in the end. Amen. Do you think support from their male colleagues in this case or some kind of input would also help the situation? Because it seems like they've kind of like stepped back, whether it's like Chris Pine on gummies or something. I don't really know what's (laughs) happening there. But like, do you think them chiming in just like in corporate world support from male colleagues? It's helpful. You know, do you think that would have made a difference? Mm-hmm. I absolutely think it would be helpful. And I think they could be very deliberate with their word choices. It doesn't have to go into, you know, specifics about what happened. It could be broad statements of support. And again, everybody has the same end game, which is to support Don't Worry Darling and make sure it thrives as a film, especially because, as I understand, it's going straight to theater. So unlike Top Gun or the Marvel movies, I do think it's a bigger ask to get people to go to the theater. So having the male colleagues say, we are amazed that this film turned out so beautifully. We're so proud of our work. These women are incredible. You know, share some positive anecdotes. That could only bolster the situation. I think silence becomes awkward. Do you know what I mean? It's the absence of words Mm -hmm. that almost directs more attention and becomes a black hole. Whereas if people could just say something positive and exude some energy around it, that would actually be far more helpful. So throughout all of this, there have been two co-stars that have basically been able to kind of sit in the shadows and, and not do anything. Gemma Chan and Chris Pine have really um, come through this situation fairly unscathed, with the exception of Spit Gate, <laughs> obviously. But, <laughs> which was, you know, more funny than... Hilarious. Concerned. But with... <laughs> so for those who are kind of like on the outskirts, but still very much part of the narrative in some way... Is there any work that needs to be done there? Are they kind of in the clear? I feel like they're the kids in the backseat while mom and dad are fighting. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that's the (laughs) dynamic that feels like it's taking place. And 
just the placement of everybody on the carpet and who's standing next to each other. I mean, again, it screams dysfunctional family reunion. So I, I think Chris Pine has definitely gotten pulled in a little bit. The Salivagate situation, the zoning out during the interviews, it probably wouldn't hurt if Chris could pull it together and give some good sound bites. Gemma, I, I haven't seen as much. I think she looks statuesque, regal, poised, graceful, all of those wonderful things. Whatever she's doing seems to be working and it might not behoove mm-hmm. her to jump into the fray too much at this point. But they're almost at the finish line. It's like a finish strong moment. You know what I mean? Like a Bad News Bears baseball game that it doesn't have to be a washout. Like you guys could still get there. The team could still pull together. There's still a possibility of a victory. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Gemma Chan, I, I actually just remember she's in the movie. How terrible. Exactly. Um, yeah. Jeez. Um, you know, this this begs the question, though, ladies, after all this discussion, like, personally, I would love to see the film. The hoopla definitely contributed to it. But this Vanity Fair, you know, interview, too, was very enlightening in the sense that it gave Olivia an opportunity to speak about her directing and starring in the film experience. And as someone who aspires to be in a director's chair someday, I thought it was really inspiring, empowering the way that she spoke about it. I mean, this woman was going from the director's chair, starting the scene, going in, acting, then cuts the scene, and then she's getting questions from costume designers and producers, like, this is set, this is next, you know, huge. She had on, like, gajillion hats at once so i will go see it from that perspective shannon rachel Mm -hmm. do you think you'll go see the film shannon what do you think oh i'm definitely seeing it yeah no i'm gonna like opening weekend if not quite opening weekend i'm going to wait until it it dies down a little i have a feeling where i live it's going to be a hit just because um things like narratives like this tend to do really well um the sort of like stepford wives-esque um, sort of thriller drama it does really well here, and I'm trying. I'm still trying to stay relatively COVID safe in these streets, <laughs> so I'm going to wait until it dies down and I can sit in the back of the theater yep. pretty safely. But I think, um, <laughs> if anything, and this is not to perpetuate the idea that all press is good press, because as we mentioned before, sometimes it's just really not. And in this case, I would love to see it sort of pull together. So that we can sort of get back to like this work that everyone did. Um, but one of the things I will say is that all of this did ma- remind me that this movie existed. This is one of those films that I probably wouldn't have checked for on my own. Um, it doesn't necessarily fall in sort of where I naturally um, wade to entertainment-wise. Um, I think seeing it so much, because for a long time I thought we were talking about My Policeman, because I, I was like, I had no clue that... He was doing two movies at once. I was like, when did this happen? Um, so it, it gave me better brand recognition, I guess, if we want. If there's a silver lining in all of this. I was like, oh, no, this is a very distinct movie with a very distinct baggage. And to because of all the drama, the uh, trailer was passed around so often that I had no choice but to see it because it was all up and down my timeline, for better or worse. And once I uh, watched it, I was like, this is actually pretty interesting. This is a really interesting premise. So I'm sure that that's the case for a lot of people. Um, but I I would have loved for this to come to light without all of the circus behind it. What about you, Rachel? 
Yes, I, I am tempted to see it, and I do think I will. Um, not only the brand awareness being off the charts, but I think it's an intriguing premise. Certainly, I'm curious to see these performances after so much hype, but I feel like the analogy that comes to mind is it's like a stunning woman in an amazing outfit who has toilet paper attached to her shoe trailing behind her. You're like, oh, the toilet paper. You know what I mean? Like the movie's this gorgeous put together woman about to have her big moment. And then the damn toilet paper is there distracting and like taking away from it. So I think that's where my head goes is it's publicity that has been a distraction and a deterrent to the film. But hopefully once the film comes out and if it gets a good reception, if the numbers are there, Hollywood forgives everything if box office is there, right? Like Tom Cruise was not everyone's favorite person until he absolutely crushed it with Top Gun 2 and changed the fortunes of theaters everywhere. So I think we could be having a very different conversation post-release once we see how people are responding to the film. But I I do want to see it at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Just to see, just to see if there's a a rainbow at the end of all this. Like, do we have a good film after everything that's happened? Um, And as you mentioned, I think Hollywood and just the audience, the gen pop audience in general just loves a good redemption story. It, it, It seems like, I feel like there's great potential for everyone to come out of this pretty well if they are able to navigate it a little bit better going forward um or just with general time because once the next scandal comes we'll forget about this one because it's just very very short memories (laughs) the the public audience has but um yeah it will be interesting to see kind of like how they come out the other side of this my final question to you is At the end of the day, separate from this, because this is one of many scandals throughout the years, and this will be a drop in the bucket in five years from now. When the hubbub and the controversy starts to grow bigger than what should be at the heart of the thing, which is the product or, or the person, what is the best way to sort of stop the growth? What is the best way to get ahead of it before it turns into all of this? I do think there's a little bit of a situation by situation playbook. However, I would say that the cliche about the cover up is worse than the crime or the, you know, I think that holds water. So if something mm-hmm. has gone down and people are trying to pretend it didn't happen as it did or dispute something that's fact, I mean, For instance, with these texts that are coming out in the videos in general, if you are trying to share a narrative that's not based in truth and you are being disingenuous as you're trying to address a scandal or a problem, it will backfire. I really believe that you have to be as honest and genuine as you can legally be to move forward productively. So I think it's interesting because with the advent of social media, a lot of times the public figures will take to their own account and they'll use the notes feature or they'll type something up and they'll put out the statement in their own words. And what I like about that is you're not going through a third party necessarily where things can be taken out of context, but you are very deliberately sharing your point of view on what happened. And of course, a million hands probably touch it and it goes through layers of approval. But the idea is lean into it a little bit, like acknowledge should hit the fan. Talk about what's going on. Take some personal responsibility and ownership. Don't scapegoat other people. Own your role and then try to find a way to to do better or improve upon. I mean, there are templates for apologies that work for a reason. And part of that is saying, I misstepped. 
I'm sorry, and I'm going to grow from here. It should certainly be customized to the moment. It has to be rooted in something genuine, but pretending something didn't happen or trying to layer on excuses is never going to play well. It's like when you get in trouble with your parents. You can't keep lying. You have to say, I stayed out too late. I crashed the car. I'm really sorry. I'm not going to do it again. And here's my allowance for the foreseeable future. You know what I mean? Yep. Make it right. Yeah. <laughs> I love these metaphors. Just stop yeah, I love these metaphors <laughs> that Rachel has brought to the table, like the kids fighting in the I back in the, in the back seat. I mean, you are good at your job, I feel, Rachel. Or, or I'm just like an overwhelmed parent with twin daughters. And so like all I think about is that kind of stuff. <laughs> It's always crisis control when you're a parent. Like, we, at this point, we have got it on lock. Yeah, it's a hurricane and tornado at the same time, always. Yep. <laughs> Luz, do you have any final questions? No, I, I think, you know, Rachel, thank you so much. I just feel like you had such an educated, like, PR perspective on this, which um, I haven't really seen, like, too much out there. You know, we all love the hot goss, um, you know, when it comes to these scandals. But um, no, I, I thought it was really interesting. Um, a lot of food for thought here. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I love talking with you both. <laughs> we will definitely have you back. Oh, yeah. I would gladly return. All of my metaphors included. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and thank you, Luz, for joining me and, and helping me wade through all of this ruckus yeah (laughs) anytime this is honestly the highlight of my week so thank you shannon miller (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening to yeah that's probably an ad part of the ad week podcast network and Acast creator network this podcast was produced by me al manorino executive produced by chris aarons and john heil and edited by lane mcgiveney at boutwell studios you can listen and subscribe to all of ad week's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcast. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for listening.